It's time for a bedtime story. Today's bedtime story is A Bucket Full of Bogies by Sarah Isaacs. Hate poetry? This is the book for you. None of that horrid old boring stuff you find in dusty books at school. This is what you need to be reading now. Have you ever met the snot monster? Do you fart when your auntie squeezes you tightly? Are you scared of looking under your bed? A whole load of funny and nonsensical rhymes, which might sometimes be a teeny bit naughty. Don't show to any grown-ups, they are much too old. Recommended to be read under your bed covers when you're meant to be asleep. Warning, these poems will make you laugh a lot. I'm Sarah Isaacs. This is my book that I've written and it's called Bucket Full of Bogies and I'm going to read the first poem to you and it's called A Bucket Full of Bogies. If you don't have a tissue or a handkerchief at all just flick your gooey bogies or roll them make them small. Don't wipe them on the cushions or smear them on the wall as they will harden off and over time begin to fall. Don't wipe them on your pillow that's where you lay your head. It's best to use a bucket to collect them up instead. A bucket full of bogies can be your pride and joy, showing off your bogies to any girl or boy. Take them on your holidays in case you need to pick, exciting all the locals with your bogey bucket trick. Oh, bucket full of bogies, oh, what a nice surprise. Show them off to neighbours and they won't believe their eyes. Collect your own green bogies, you won't want any more, but if you pick, and use a stick, your nose will be so sore. Be brave about your bogies and stand out from the crowd. A bucket full of bogies will always make you proud. Holiday Nightmare. Travelling down to Devon, we're finally on our way. It seemed a cheap excursion for our annual holiday. My brother, sister, mum and dad sat squashed amongst our stuff. We'd travelled almost 15 miles and me, I'd had enough. You couldn't move for boxes and a weak supply of food. My dad, he argued with my mum, then she was in a mood. My brother sprawled all over us, his head pressed on the door. His nasty dribble drowning us, we listened to him snore. My sister wore her headphones. I could hear the tinny din. She dropped her rubbish round her feet. What a mess. There was no bin. So 14 hours along the road and five stuck in a jam. Mum offered us some sandwiches. Chopped egg or thin sliced ham. The smell began to get to me. A sickness in my throat. I couldn't hold it down and so I threw up on my coat. Chaos in the car ensued. My dad then drove much faster. He quickly tried to park the car. The day turned to disaster. My sister screamed. My brother woke. 
my chest was full of vomit and dad he sped to flee the smell while mum sprayed perfume on it. We couldn't park for 20 miles with windows fully down. Dad finally found a place to stop on the outskirts of a town. When dad pulled over, out we got. My mum, she wiped me clean. You'd never seen so many chunks of carrots on the scene. Now all cleaned up and smelling nice, but back in traffic hell. I prayed I'd not be sick again, but really, who could tell? Another hundred miles to go. Oh, please, it can't be far. I hope it's quick in case I'm sick and decorate the car. The Weird and the Wonderful. There's a lovely big museum, grandly built in Danesbridge Street. It houses most unusual things, the sort you'd never keep. A wooden box Pandora kept, a Roman toilet roll, some bubblegum which Elvis chewed, and Scrooge's piece of coal. I like the diamond biscuit that you can't dip into tea, the three-eyed dog with two great tails, and the flowering money tree. Don't miss the troll who's mummified or Queen Victoria's spit. You'll see a magic mirror and a cobweb mending kit. The weirdest thing sits beside a car made out of sweeties, a life-size knitted model of a queen named Nefertiti. Don't blame me. I visited my auntie Pip, dressed up so very smart, but had a strange sensation. I was holding in a fart. I dared relax or quickly move, whilst with the family crowd, the sound would travel mighty quick, like thunderbolts so loud. All eyes would be on me, I guess. My family know me well. I'd never get away with it, followed after by that smell. It's funny how you never have the urge to windy pop until you visit family and then you just can't stop. You try your best to hold it in. You squeeze your cheek so tight. You take a gulp and hold your breath. You look a sorry sight. Then suddenly it goes away. Relief appears so fast. But back again the pressure builds. You knew it couldn't last. You cross your legs and grip your hands until the feeling's passed. You pray that you can keep it in, so no one there is gassed. Sprouts will make you windy, also fizzy drinks and fruit. But I'd not had much recently to make me trump or toot. Now, Auntie has a cat called Moll, whose fleas had just been treated. She rubs herself across your leg, the usual way you're greeted. The smell of flea spray wafts about, disperses through the air. A tingle now, a sneeze to come. This really is not fair. To hold a sneeze and keep your wind inside your body still is such an awful thing to do. It makes you look quite ill. Your eyes, they bulge. Your lips squeeze tight. Your face turns slightly pink. You're holding back on passing gas and stopping quite a stink. But auntie wants a hug from you, not seeing you for a while. She puts her arms around you and what happens next is vile. A massive human airbag is what you've had now become. 
and squeezing round your middle means much farting from your bum. The noise is unbelievable. The Richter scale shows eight. Glassware, mirrors, china too, all shudder, crack, then break. It's silent for a moment after supernatural noise and auntie takes one look at you but tries to keep her poise. All eyes are staring at your face. You're not sure what to do. Blame it on a nearby dog or rush off to the loo. Seconds later, maybe less, you're filled with utter dread. The septic smell which follows makes you wish you'd stayed in bed. The fiendish fumes begin to float around your family's faces. You can't believe this gruesome reek arrived from human places. Embarrassment, it fills the room. It dances round the pong. Hands on noses, shield the stench. I've not known one so strong. Then suddenly it comes to me to cover up my crime. It shouldn't take too long to plan. It won't take up much time. A quiet little voice I use, so innocent and shy. Convincing for the family, at least I ought to try. Dear auntie, don't you worry. It happens to us too. It's just a human thing we do. I know it bothered you. Your tummy must feel awful. It's upset, don't you see? Have a cup of chamomile, it always settles me. And if you feel the urge to parp or guff, then go ahead. We will not show our discontent. We'll smile at you instead. Families stick together. They should never fall apart, especially over aunties and their thunderous, stinking farts. Discusted. Why is custard yellow? It's something to discuss. A gorgeous creamy taste it has, but sadly looks like pus. It oozes out from where it came. It slithers thick and slow. It's such an awful colour, rather sickly, don't you know? And when it's poured on apple, the type that's chopped or stewed, it's not a mellow yellow. In fact, it's really rather crude. It lies there, all so slimy, showing off its yellow glow, the hue that you might see in that infection in your toe. When crowded on a trifle, or stiff and firm and thick, the cream on top, it hides the fact that custard looks like sick. I'd like to find the person who decided on this tone. I'd ring them up to make my point and really have a moan. Its colour should be wonderful, reflecting splendid food. Impressive and imposing, suiting every type of mood. So grey is out and so is blue, so custard yesteryear. There needs to be a perfect match for puddings far and near. Won't someone choose a colour? Not me, I must confess. But change our custard history. Remove this custard mess. Try pink or smoky grey, or maybe lime, snow white or teal. Your colour choice could match your nosh, whatever type of meal. So there you have it, yellow gone. No more ghastly custard. I'm just a little worried now. Have you seen the shade of mustard? Celebrity School 
If famous people filled your school but aged the same as you, I wonder who you'd have in class. I wonder what they'd do. Would Einstein sit right at the front and have no help at all? Would Hendrix sit there strumming, leaning back against the wall? Abe Lincoln may be present as a student from abroad, and Jesus Christ would shine a light before he's known as Lord. There'd have to be a place for all so Rosa Parks could sit, while Edison, he'd bring a bulb and all electric kit. Now Adolf wasn't there as he'd been called to see the head. You're bullying all the boys and girls and that's not good, he said. A rounded boy named Henry stared at girls who stood nearby. He tried to kiss a few of them, then Jane began to cry. Young Richard sat there folding scraps of paper into planes. He tried his best to throw them so they'd fly right back again. A girl called Jo would scribble facts about a Gringotts bank, whilst writing in her diary sat a little Miss Anne Frank. A late mark for Columbus, a storm he'd had at sea. He'd bought some gifts from journeys far like chocolate, maize and tea. You'd always want to be a friend to Cassius the kid. He boxed around at lunchtime. That's just not all he did. He floated like a butterfly, then stinging like a bee. He'd organise a boxing fight and still be home for tea. This class would be amazing. This class would be so cool. To learn from famous people, what a joy to be at school. So that was A Bucket Full of Bogies by Sarah Isaacs and Sarah joined us today. So welcome, Sarah. Hello, Karen. Thank you for having me. I absolutely love those stories. I mean, everyone can relate to The Bucket Full of Bogies. We've all got children that used to pit their nose with kids. It's just hilarious. <laughs> I love all the stories in there. So why did you decide to write this brilliant book? I wanted a poem book. Uh, a poetry book that would have, if you like, naughty, naughty words. Not too naughty, but sort of uh, to <laughs> <run> out. <laughs> yeah, out sort of the toilet humour that we have in our, our sort of child's mind, I think. Um, the reason is because uh, as I have been a teacher, um, an English teacher, I still am an English teacher, but when I was an English teacher in schools in particular, I would still have children come to me who would say, I don't like reading this. I don't like, don't like books. And it horrified me. I hate poetry. Okay, fair enough. But uh, to be honest, I wanted to write something that a child would be able to pick up and have a laugh about reading it and be interested in that book. So that was the whole reason. Uh, reluctant readers, I guess. Yeah, and I'm sure it works because if anything makes children laugh, they want more of it, don't they? Like any of us, we all want to be laugh. We all want fun, don't we, in our lives? Absolutely. So how many poems are there in this book and how long did it take you to write each one? The, uh, the book, um, a Bucket Full of Bogies contains 23 poems. Wow. Um, I mean, I've always written poetry, um, but obviously 
this type of book needed to be needed to be funny needed to um focus or target uh children probably the ages of between six and ten uh, although all of us can enjoy these poems um so i started i probably had a couple of poems that i'd written a long time ago that i i sort of rejigged or had a look at again um but once i've got something in my head um i just i just start writing and i just started yeah. to collect them over a period of time so probably a few months yeah. if i'm uh, you know might yeah probably a few months i guess ah oh, they are they really are brilliant stories and the holiday nightmare yeah, we can all relate to that as well. Children being sick on the travels. It's just hilarious. It's just, it did make me laugh out loud. It made me smile. <laughs> so have you written any other books or is this your first, is this your first book? Yeah, I've written, uh, my first published book was in 2018 and I wrote it, uh, again, it's a rhyming story. In fact, all the ones that have been published are rhyming stories. It's just a thing I like doing. Um, and it was called Derek the Alien and the orange jelly planet and it was aimed at the very young and it was about an alien uh, called Derek who wanted a wanted a home of his own so that was my first book and uh, that went down really well that was a a bestseller I had a letter from the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge oh yeah um, so uh, saying that they enjoyed my book so that was absolutely brilliant oh, lovely wow uh, yeah, that frame letter, that. But, is that framed on the wall? <laughs> well, it's it tucked away very safely, but um, uh, it it was quite interesting. Then the, the newspapers got a hold of the story, and uh, but yes, it's very uh, it's a very it's a good good letter, uh, very dear to me. But and then I I then published a, a second book, and it was uh, Derek the Alien and the Raspberry Milkshake Sky. So uh, <laughs> that was you know that was again on the same uh, sort of theme as of uh, Derek with his adventures and um, so those were the two I did uh, I wrote something for sort of adults um, in between that as a collaboration with other authors but um, and then this is my one my next one which is uh, for slightly older children yeah uh, well, very young yeah yeah brilliant I also I know our listeners because it's audio um, can't see the book but I love some of the illustrations in there as well they're really brilliant um really really good did you did you do those yourself or did you use an independent illustrator right lisa williams is uh, my illustrator has been my illustrator for um for the derrick books and for this one um i like her style she's the most amazing artist um and she you know apart from that she's a really lovely person as well yeah. so she's very talented in all sorts of ways and uh, but lisa lisa's amazing so i chose her to do my book so where did you get the ideas from in all these different poems? I know it's kind of everyday stuff really, isn't it? But to put them down in words as well. So how did that all come about? Well, I think, first of all, I had to think there very logically. Um, what do children like to talk about? OK, they like to talk about farts and sick and, you know, bogeys and all of those <laughs> things. I knew that had to sort of be a theme. I thought back to my childhood and also then I thought about, um, I've got a younger brother, Richard, who, um, you know, I thought about him when we used to go on holidays, you know, and he was, I got car sick, but he was always car sick, you know, and it was, you know, the, my mum, my dad and my brother, you know, going down to somewhere like Devon. So I sort of drew yeah. on that kind of experience. And my son also, um, Elliot, you know, as he's been growing up, uh, I sort of drew on things that... Uh, that he had been through so it was a little bit of everything uh, I had to really sort of think back really I guess over the years 
yeah yeah but every, every parent can relate to it they're really great i just i just love them and they're disgusted um it's so true why is custard yellow <laughs> why is it yellow really funny really funny so have you always wanted to to be an author you know have you always had an interest in writing I've always enjoyed writing stories um, and I think when I, I sort of look back I've still got some of my books from my infant school I don't ask me why but I've still got those and uh, and I can even tell as a teacher now I can tell that you know my my imagination was a bit, a bit crazy back then um, but yeah that was the, that was the thing I guess I was stronger at at school was writing stories but I do remember getting hold of one of my brother's Mr Men books I was about 10 at the time I'm trying to locate an address in there at the back somewhere and writing, um, yeah, I was about 10, um, and writing to the publishers and saying, how do I get a book published? And then sending me a letter back, you know, uh, I was really impressed about that. Yeah. So it's always in my head, I am going to write a book. And as I got older, it was, this is going to be on my bucket list. I have to do this. And yeah. I did. So, and I kept doing it. So, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, because you've really had a, a great career, haven't you? A really interesting career. So you used to be a beautician. Uh, you've worked in acting and directing. And of course, you're an English teacher as well. So when did you think, right, no, now's the time to write? When did you kind of think, right, I'm going to put some of that behind me now and I'm going to start writing? Well, I actually even wrote when, um, when I used to work in, because I, I had three salons, uh, beauty salons, and... Um, I used to write for the trade magazine, International Therapist. So I was still writing then um, yeah. as, uh, you know, sort of in that in that ilk, but obviously I wasn't writing for children. I was writing for other professionals. Um, so there was always something that I was, I sort of got my hands um, around to, to write. Um, it was just that I had a change of career and decided to do what I always wanted to do right from an early age. And that was um, be an actor. So I went, I was about 30, I think, when I went to university to do acting for three years. Wow. So I gave arms up and what have you. So, you know, if ever anybody wants to sort of change their career, it doesn't matter how old they are, then, you know, yeah. clearly did it uh, as an older student. And, and then I carried on writing then as well, but uh, may have been plays um, and uh, different things. So, yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, well done you. So for our listeners then, Sarah, how, if they've got any questions at all about any of your books or if they want to purchase your book, how can they get in contact with you and where can they buy it from? Okay, well, all three books can be found. Um, you know, most of us tend to go onto Amazon. So all three books can be found on Amazon anyway. Uh, this particular one has just been published. So that one you'll find on, on Amazon. Um, otherwise, I can actually um, send one to listeners um, and I can sign it. And I also tend to add in a few stickers, um, one with a picture of the snot monster. And I haven't read that before, but uh, the snot monster those those pictures and a bookmark as well so if they do want that they can either email me sarah isaacs author at outlook.com um, or message me via facebook so i'm on there with sarah isaacs author my website is sarah isaacs author.co.uk so you can contact me through the that particular website my author website as well brilliant oh sarah it's been so lovely to meet you and to listen to your lovely stories today i wish you all the best and maybe we'll have you back on to do some future podcasts thank you that's lovely it's been great reading them anyway karen so uh, thank you for having me it's been lovely
Bedtime Stories is sponsored by Team Author UK, independent publishers. If you have a fabulous story to tell, get in touch, as they excel at helping writers just like you. Visit their website at www.teamauthoruk.co.uk or on their social media platforms at Team Author UK.